We are now halfway through the fourth month of the year, and when the clock strikes midnight later on, 29.77% of 2022 will have passed. Seven out of ten days of the year are still to come. Is this a good place and time to take stock? That answer is up to you, but I can tell you that this is another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, campaign finance reports are in for the candidates in the 5th District. An update from the Charlottesville Parks and Recreation Department. An area grocery chain is set to eliminate plastic bags. And a Jefferson Elm is planted on UVA's grounds to mark the long-term landscape architect, Mary Hughes. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, it's springtime, and the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives campaign wants you to know they are a grassroots initiative of motivated citizens, volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. This spring, the group is working with retailers across the region to encourage purchase of plants that belong here and are part of an ecosystem that depends on pollinators. There are plenty of resources on the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Facebook page, so sign up to be notified of lectures, plant sales, and more. Republican incumbent Bob Good has raised the most money among candidates seeking election to Virginia's new 5th District for the U.S. House of Representatives. According to the Federal Election Commission, Good raised $152,092 in the first three months of 2022. His campaign spent $144,310 during the period and has spent a total of $431,328 over the course of the campaign. Good has raised a total of $675,964 so far and had $376,792 in his account at the end of March. Republican Dan Moy raised $114,046 in the first quarter and spent $66,106. He has $47,939 in his account. Moy did not file a report for activity prior to this year. The Republican nominee will be selected in a convention at Hampton Sydney College on May 21st. On the Democratic side, Josh Throneberg raised $37,524 and spent $106,726 in the quarter. He also reported a $50,000 debt. He's raised $307,678 over the course of the campaign and had $149,037 in his account on March 31st. This week, the Democrats announced that Throneberg was the sole nominee who turned in enough qualified signatures to make the ballot for the June 21 primary. Andy Parker failed to make the ballot for the primary, but raised $178,314 between January 1st and March 31st. He spent $26,010 and had $152,303 in the bank as of March 31st. A third Democratic candidate, Warren McClellan, raised $2,900 in the period and a total of $13,901 over the course of the campaign. He also didn't make the ballot. A fourth Democratic candidate, Lewis Combs, 
dropped out of the race earlier this year, but still raised $5,155 in the period. Combs raised a total of $227,018 during his campaign and has dispersed $184,832, leaving $42,186.01 in his account as of March 31st. The Virginia Department of Health reported another 1,538 cases yesterday and a 7-day percent positivity of 5.4%. The total death toll for over the two years has now climbed above 20,000 and was at 20,022 as of yesterday. The Virginia Department of Health no longer reports data by localities on their dashboard, and the Blue Ridge Health District's dashboard last reports data from April 13th. However, an email update sent out last night shows 22 new cases in Albemarle this week and 16 in Charlottesville. While those figures may be lower due to at-home testing, there does not appear to be a significant public health threat from COVID in this area at this time. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Medical Center. What we're not seeing is a significant spike. In fact, we're not even seeing a significant increase in case counts in the hospital um, of people diagnosed with COVID, particularly in people diagnosed with severe COVID. Second boosters are now recommended for those over the age of 50 or those who are immunocompromised. Those who got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and booster may want to consider a switch. You know, in general, for most patients, we'd recommend if they received a Johnson & Johnson vaccine initially that we'd um, 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 steer them towards an, an mRNA vaccine, the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. Um, the, the side effects are rare for, for Johnson & Johnson, but their, their clotting issues um, are, are um, a concern, particularly for, for certain individuals. For more information on vaccinations, visit the Blue Ridge Health District website. There's a link in the newsletter. As Albemarle County and Charlottesville both consider levying a tax on plastic bags, a major grocery chain has announced they will phase out their use by the end of this calendar year. Here's a section from the press release of Wegmans' company website. With this decision, the company's goal is to shift all customers to reusable bags, the best option to solve the environmental challenge of single-use grocery bags. Wegmans will begin to charge $0.05 cents per paper bag, with proceeds going to local food banks or United Way chapters. The company has already eliminated plastic bags in New York, where they were banned in 2019 by that state's legislature. Wegmans also has experimented with eliminating them from some stores around the Richmond area. The release makes the claim that making the transition will eliminate over 345 million bags from going into circulation each year. Albemarle County will hold a public hearing Wednesday evening on imposing a five-cent tax per bag. The topic might come up at a Charlottesville City Council work session on climate action that is set to take place Monday at 4 p.m. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and today's second subscriber-supported public service announcement goes out to Camp Albemarle, which has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, 
Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a civilian conservation corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every fourth and fifth grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting CampAlbemarleVA.org. Two more segments today on this Saturday. This week, Charlottesville's Parks and Recreation Advisory Board got an update on preparations underway to get the city's pools and spray grounds ready. Gator Batten is the interim manager of aquatics for the department. To the best of my knowledge, he is not speaking from another dimension, but just a faulty Zoom call. We are currently still developing our operational hours and what that's going to look like at our outdoor facilities. The goal is to open Washington Park, Honesty, and Smith. Of those three, only Washington Park opened last summer. Honesty Park did not open because of a shortage of lifeguards, and Smith Aquatic Center has remained closed for the duration of the pandemic due to repairs to address air quality issues. Hours in operations will depend on having lifeguards in place, and Batten said there are currently 65 set up for the summer. So we have looked at some creative ways of recruiting and trying to bring in certified lifeguard staff as well as uh, encourage current staff to, to stay with us throughout the summer. These include waiving fees for certification courses, $250 signing bonuses, and a second bonus at the end of the summer. The city is also looking to outsource operations of Honesty Pool, and there's a request for proposals for that on the street. Vic Garber, the deputy director of the department, said they need at least 25 more lifeguards for full operations this summer. Garber said testing has been completed at Smith Aquatic Center. So this included the filtration and chemical feed system. Uh, we had national pools do that. Um, we basically passed that with flying colors. Air quality tests have been conducted by two different firms. Uh, it should be uh, totally uh, sound. Uh, from from any type of, of chloramines or chlorine smell. Tests will continue to be conducted after the pool opens and there are people using it. An opening date will be announced after the results of a third test. Garber also said the equipment in the fitness room is being replaced. When people come in, they need to smile and stay as long as they want and be happy. Batten said the hope is to have the spray grounds at Belmont, Greenbrier, Tonsler, and Forest Hills Parks operational in less than a month. The goal is over the next two weeks to test out water features, balance water chemistry, and uh, our projected opening for those is going to be May the 14th. The University of Virginia celebrated its founding Wednesday with a tree planting ceremony that also marked the career of retired landscape architect Mary Hughes. Hughes stepped down in January after serving in the position for over a quarter of a century. UVA Today reports that President Jim Ryan spoke at the event and said that Hughes expanded awareness of the landscape beyond the academical village. During her time as landscape architect, Hughes directed a study of local waterways and the UVA stormwater system, which led to the creation of the Dell. 
Hughes also studied the history of enslaved workers and served on the President's Commission on Slavery and the University, which resulted in the memorial to enslaved laborers. A Jefferson elm was planted outside of Pavilion 3 in Hughes' honor. For a full list of memorial trees on grounds and off, visit the Office of the Architect's website. There's a link in the newsletter. But that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for Saturday, April 16th, 2022. This is, of course, another Saturday edition. There's lots of little things in this one. There'll be some bigger things in the next one as I continue to sift through all of the various things that have happened so far this year. The City Council has adopted a budget. Albemarle Board of Supervisors has not yet. And the week ahead comes out tomorrow, so pay attention to that when it comes out because things are going to remain busy, much like it's springtime and all of these different ideas are coming off the trees or something like that. If you would like to support this program, and I really hope that you do, uh, please send it on to somebody else. Uh, This, of course, is the podcast version, which is listened to by about a tenth of the audience. Of course, the company Ting, now for over a year, has been matching your initial contribution through Substack with uh, the equal amount, which is really great. It's another source of revenue for this particular program, which is one of the services and perhaps the primary service of Town Crier Productions, a company I set up nearly two years ago to help guide all of this work and to help pay for it. Thanks to all of those who have contributed, and if you haven't been able to do so yet, that's okay. The I This program is subsidized by people who are paying, and I'm really grateful for that. Let's uh, keep going, and uh, let's keep on waiting around and waiting for the next day, and the day after that, 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 and the day after that. Either way, I'm Sean Tubbs, your host, and I'm back in the near future with another installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Stay on the weekend. 